Welcome to All Aboard TII's Accessibility Podcast. This is a podcast about accessibility and sustainable public transport, brought to you by Transport Infrastructure Ireland. I'm Claire Scott, and I'm joined by our All Aboard podcast host, Sarah O'Donnell. Throughout the series, we'll be hearing first-hand accounts from people who use and design public transport systems, and specifically the role accessibility plays in these experiences. And who is this podcast for? In the first instance, we hope to connect with people with disabilities who use our services. But also, it's for anyone who is drawn to human interest stories and has a curiosity to learn more. And of course, we hope to attract listeners who are designers and decision makers for transport systems, who through the podcast might get a better understanding of some of the problems and potential solutions that are out there. So without further ado, let's give this a go and get all aboard TII's Accessibility Podcast. So Sarah, what's the focus for this episode? Hiya Claire. So in Journey to the Future Part 2, we talked to Peter Bennett, Design Coordinator with the Dublin Metrolink Project. He talks us through the proposed route and the design of the future stations, and he also touches on some of the issues and concerns that have been raised with the user group and how these are being addressed. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much, Peter, for uh, coming in to join us for this interview to talk about Metrolink in Dublin. Um, and we're really delighted to have you. It's a huge project. Um, but before we get into the detail of it, maybe you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your role on the project team. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks very much, Sarah, for having me on. Um, it's great to, to be a part of this uh, this great initiative and this great podcast in, in TI. Um, my name is Peter Bennett. I'm the design coordinator for the Metrolink project. So I've been working on the project now for almost what, seven years, um, pretty much since the, the the initial project inception, really, where we started to look at the initial routes, etc. So um, I mean, throughout that, that phase, really, my, my role in the project has been to effectively coordinate the inputs of, of the many different uh, suppliers, consultants, designers, sure. advisors that we have on board, um, specifically around the, the overall design of the scheme, um, but also the operations, the, the uh, coordinating with the, the architectural uh, advisors that we have on board and all of the other various parties that are, that are engaged with the project over, over that past seven year period. So, yep. yeah, it's pretty, been a pretty big task in fairness. It's been, been a busy, uh, a busy number of years and it's, it's only going to get busier as well, hopefully anyway. Yeah, stuff. Um, so like when we were thinking about this podcast and um, what we wanted to talk about, we were, of course, hoping that it would appeal to anybody who's interested in the Metrolink scheme. But particularly, we were thinking that the audio format is really beneficial to people maybe who are blind or visually impaired or who might ordinarily not be able to access the drawings and the document uh, documents as easily as others. So what I'd love to do is to paint an audio picture of this future project and to allow people to imagine uh, what it's going to be like in the ground when it's finally built. So with that in mind, um, maybe if we, if you could just start with a kind of a broad description of the route, uh, where it starts and ends and what parts of the city it serves, and then we can start zoning in on particular stations. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Um, maybe what I'll do is I'll start from the north uh, and okay. work my way down into, into the city. So at, at the very north of the line, we're starting in an area around called Estuary, uh, which is very close to the, the junction to the M1, uh, just near, obviously, Swords Town itself. 
Um, at that stop, we'll have our, one of our only surface stations. So effectively, it's not going to be in the actual ground itself. It's going to be flat at the, the same surface. Um, it's going to be also in proximity to a new park and ride that we're also establishing um, very close to the, the actual station itself with accessible links and to, to allow for people to come from the park and ride into the station and vice versa. Yeah. Um, Moving then further down south, so we come to one of our first major structures, which is a, effectively a bridge viaduct structure, uh, which brings the line over um, the, the Broadmeadow River, which right. is uh, just located there, just near the uh, near the R one G two road there, just along the uh, near Swordstown itself. Um, that brings us then along, if you can imagine, the R one G two, which is obviously one of the, the main bypass roads outside of the, the town itself, leading up to the M one junction. Um, that, that bridge runs along effectively the west side of that road, um, at which then we, we start to dive underground. And uh, effectively what we're in, in is a structure called a, a cut and cover tunnel, which is effectively a concrete box below the ground, right. which brings us directly right under the R122 to come around to the east side of that, that road, uh, which is where we, we come to one of our first uh, stations, our first minus one level stations, which is Seatown, uh, which is different from the Estuary Station, which is obviously at a surface level. Yeah. This station is a, at a minus one level, which means effectively we're down one level from the, the, the ground, effectively. Sure. Uh, and these stations are also open cut. But, but again, we'll get into the more detail of the stations as we when we come to the next part of this uh, discussion. Um, so from Seatown, we continue along the uh, the, west, the east side of the R122. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we're in a combination of both those that concrete box structure, or it could be an open box structure with no no roof on it, effectively. Yeah. Um, which allows us then to obviously go, come beneath any roads that we need to come beneath, but also provide us any openings that we need uh, for for any operational reasons that we may need to to have access to the to the top of the, sure. the stations. That brings us down towards uh, two other minus one level stations at Swords Central, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, very close to the um, shopping centre. Yep. Um, the pavilion is pavilion the shopping centre. Yeah, yeah. So that that brings that the Swords uh, Central station, which is across the road, effectively in, in very close proximity to the Pavilion Shopping Centre. Uh, we continue further, heading further south down uh, again until we come to another st- minus one level station called Fosterstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which point we swap back over across the R122 again, yeah. uh, which leaves us on the west side, uh, heading down towards the airport. So effectively, we're going down into the actual very first tunnel section that we're, we're constructing uh, for the for the project and the very first on the ground station that we will we'll come to as we're going from north to south. So the, the first underground station is at the airport itself. Um, so as I said, it, it's it's within a, an actual bore tunnel, um, which uh, we're going to be boring from the uh, from either side of the airport effectively to allow us to to come directly underneath the airport without without impacting on any of the services within the airport or. Uh, impacting on any of the operations of the actual airport itself. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, so the the airport station obviously is going to be a, a critical um, station in the overall Metrolink scheme, uh, you know, providing that that connectivity to the airport that everyone's obviously fully aware of of the the, the Metrolink scheme. But um, that that will obviously be a, a critical station in terms of uh, driving demand on the system, yeah. uh, and also obviously providing that level of connection to the actual airport itself. And we're in very close discussions with DAA at the moment, obviously, to to ensure that that yeah we, uh, we have a, a solution that works for all parties yeah. and delivers that. And that'll serve obviously T T one and T two and all kind of future 
expectations for the airport. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and the aim is to leave as much flexibility as we can in the design to allow for future initiatives potentially to, to you know, further improve that connectivity to the various terminals or, or various locations around the airport. Yeah. Um, so leaving the airport station, again, we're in the tunnel bore again, uh, all the way down towards the south end of the, the, the airport lands itself. So once we come out from the, the old airport road, which is just running at the, the, the south of the actual airport proper, uh, that's when we start to come back over ground again. Um, and in this area, we have a future station. So this is a station that won't initially, isn't proposed to be initially opened when we actually start the operations. Um, but it is a station that's there for future uh, development. And that's Northwood, is it? That, that's the Dardistown station. Dardistown, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that Dardistown station, until we actually have it open as a, as a fully fledged station, once once the surrounding development um, um, you know, provides the necessary demand that you would need in order to have a, a fully functional station in that location, uh, it'll form part of the, the operations to allow it to get staff in and out of the depot, which would be located very adjacent effectively to the Dardistown uh, future station itself. Yeah. So that depot obviously will contain all of the infrastructure, the buildings, um, you know, the, all the storage areas for trains that we'll actually need for, for full operations of the, the Michelin system uh, over the next 20, 30, 40 years. So it's, uh, we're effectively planning for the future, really, when, we, uh, yeah. when, we, when we're designing this, this uh, level of infrastructure. So from the Dardistown area, we, we start to rise up again. And effectively, the reason is to get over the M50. Uh, so we're on a viaduct or bridge structure that runs over the M50, allowing the alignment to come back over further south. Uh, and then once we're over the M50, then we start to to dive again. Yeah, um, and underground the whole way then? From that point on, then we're effectively, we're in the, uh, a full tunnel structure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's going to be, uh, obviously, with the the density of, of Dublin city centre, you're, you're, you know, you're ultimately going underground is your, is the only real option there in, in that scenario. So, and also provides us with that level of segregation that we need given the type of system that we have. And we can, we can talk about that a little bit more later sure, on. Yeah. So we're now into entering into the city centre. Our first station is Northwood station, mm-hmm. uh, which effectively straddles across the, the Ballymun road there uh, and provides an entrance on either side of the station. Uh, and that was important, obviously, to ensure that we could provide connectivity to the station for uh, for areas of demand from both sides of that that quite a quite a very busy road, the, the Ballymun Road there. Yeah, and um, again, looking at potential future development around that area. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that whole area is is, is rife for for you know for for further development, for inclusion of housing, etc. And there's an awful lot of land banks up there that could be further developed. Obviously, there are plans and currently in place to do so. But uh, you know, the, the arrival of Metrolink will obviously Spur. Accelerate that. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Accelerate that that process even further. Um, so from the from the west side, then we're coming down until we hit uh, the Ballymun area. Uh, and I'm not sure if, if you remember, there was a, an old shopping site, a shopping center site. Yeah, that was located there, <clears throat> which so, is opposite the uh, Civic Center, basically. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's I think it's been recently demolished and cleared by by Dublin City Council. Mm-hmm. But, but effectively, that will be the, the location where we're going to locate uh, our our next station, the Ballymun Underground Station. Um, now that that development will be done in conjunction with whatever development plans that DCC have for the for the old shopping centre site itself. So, so the idea is that you'll have an underground Metrolink station, but above ground, you know, you'll have street level, and then above ground, you'll have whatever uh, Dublin City Council have planned for that exactly, site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and and luckily, the way the, from our discussions with DCC, that the two projects can sit 
independently from each other. So we're not, we're not going to be having any sort of clashes or, or major interfaces to have to resolve there between, sure. between the two bodies. Sure, but they'll be kind of combined in the future. Once it's all done, they'll kind of work as a piece. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so from, from Ballymun then, we're continuing to go further south um, until we hit our next station, which is Collins Avenue, which is just at that Collins Avenue junction there, um, just outside of the uh, Our Ladies of Victories Church there that's located just near the actual junction there to towards near uh, DCU up around that direction. Um, so the station there effectively will, will take us a large green piece of land that's just outside of the, the church area there. We'll, we'll, we're going to use that space to build our station box. And then effectively re- reinstate the garden in front of the church. Exactly yeah. to, to to maintain that 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 sense of green space and and and, and openness. Effectively, that's that's currently there yeah. at, the, at the moment. So, heading further south, then from from Collins Avenue, um, our next stop is Griffith Park, mm-hmm. um, which is the next station along the line, which is again an underground station. This is located just in the grounds where um, currently Home Farm uh, play a number of their their, uh, their matches and, and carry out the, the the training effectively on some of the pitches. So we're, we're effectively going to take the, the pitch area as the location for our station box. Um, and effectively we're going to reinstate the, the land over to return the pitch to its current, to its current, um, uh, quality. And that's and, uh, Nafina condition. Club as well. Is that their, um, Nafina are located just ju- beside, yeah. uh, just, just beside the location there. So this, this is the, the home farms, uh, location. So we're effectively using that, that site then as the, uh, the, the location for the station. station yeah. So further, moving further down then from Griffith Park, our, uh, we're obviously getting deeper and deeper now into, into the city centre. But our, our next stop is Glasnevin uh, Station, which is a, an absolute a key interchange station for, for Metrolink. Yeah. So it's at this location that effectively um, ourselves and, and Irish Rail um, are going to effectively construct a station box, a station box for the Metrolink station, but also all the station facilities that would be required for heavy rail stations for Irish Rail. Um, and what this will do, obviously, was, is provide a significant amount of integration between the, the heavy rail network and the, the, the DART Plus project, obviously, that the Irish Rail are developing yeah. um, for both the Maynooth and the Kildare lines. Right. Uh, and provide a, a single point of interchange then for, for people who are coming off those heavy rail lines and want to access Metrolink then to either go north or south down the, the actual spine itself. Very good. And the and the station entrance is there by Cross Guns Bridge uh, beside the canal. That's right. And That's will there be a shared kind of Irish rail Metrolink concourse as you come into the building? That's and the, then, the current and then proposal. You, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then you can make your decision once you're in there. Everything will be will be clearly lined out and, and, and signage will effectively be, be in place to ensure you can get a clear understanding as to where you need to go to get to what particular service you actually want to uh, to actually get to. So it's going to be, um, that, that will be a, a key point of interchange um, and, and a significant driver of demand as well for, for the Metrolink um, system overall. So moving further south down, so again, we're, we're remaining in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming down towards Matter Hospital. Uh, and just outside Matter Hospital, there's a small triangular park, mm. uh, Four Masters Park, I believe, is, is the name of the, the, the actual green space itself. Uh, and it's in within that location then that we're going to be building uh, the Matter uh, station box mm-hmm. uh, and station. And, and it's a, quite a tight site. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of busy roads and, and a lot of consideration has to be made for, obviously, any traffic in and out of the hospital, especially. Yeah, and you've got a mixture of kind of quiet residential streets then mixed with the, the busier hospital and you know that's it, it. yeah yeah so that there are there will be a, a significant amount of challenge to ensure that we can we can construct this but 
the minimal disturbance and interruption to the, the various residents around and the users of the road as well. Yeah. Um, but once it's in place, I believe it'll be a, a massive, uh, massive plus and a massive bonus for for the surrounding for area. area. To, and to and the the park, the little park, is going to be reinstated, you know, substantially once the Metrolink portal and station boxes in. That's it. That's it. I mean, the, the intention is to, to return it to uh, as, as close as we can. Obviously, there will be some certain infrastructure that has to be constructed within that green area yeah. for the actual operation of the station. Um, but obviously, we're, we're, our intention is to return it as much as possible as, a, as, a, as effectively a green amenity uh, for, for the local people. Um, so from Matter Station, then we're, we're, we're veering into, into the city centre. Uh, our next stop is obviously... Uh, Landmark stop, I think, for for any metro system in, in Ireland is that on O'Connell Street. Yeah, um, and we are the station box will be located uh, just along the old Carrollton Cinema site, around that that section of O'Connell Street, up the up the north end of the the, the street. Sure. Um, there is a currently plans for a development, um, a mixed development of both residential and commercial buildings to be lo- to be located in around that area. Mm-hmm. So our intention is to construct the station box beneath that development, and then the development will take place above the actual station box itself. Um, we'll have obviously a clear entrances to to the Metrolink station from off O'Connell Street, uh, and also there's a, an additional entrance to the rear as well as you're coming off from Morgan Lane, which. As part of the development, uh, is intended to be to be upgraded to some extent to, to to ensure that we have you know you can have a clear access between O'Connell yeah. Street and and it uh, catches and that kind of Henry Street catchment as well. People Absolutely. coming from that direction uh, yeah. and they can come in through the Moore Street entrance. And of course, you have the um, Lewis Green Line as well. Then on O'Connell Street, kind of that's a point of interchange as well. That's that's right. And, and effectively, you can come off the, the the Lewis Green Line stop there on, on O'Connell Street and effectively walk across the street and you're effectively into the, the Metrolink station then. So it's a very easily accessible. Accessible, station, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, so f- moving then further south then from O'Connell Street, then we're moving down towards uh, Tara Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Tara Street is going to be an absolute a critical interchange point for the, for the Metrolink scheme. Uh, with all, obviously all, all the Irish rail services running through Tara. Um, so we are constructing our station just um, effectively adjacent to the, the Tara Street station itself, yeah. uh, which will allow for initially a very easy walking uh, interchange into the Irish rail station or vice versa into the into the Metrolink station. We're currently proposing to, to sort of redevelop the area above the station box to provide a, an open space plaza area, yeah. uh, which will effectively you know, provide some some level of open space and meeting areas expected for people, uh, some opportunities potentially for some uh, commercial development to take place in and around that area as well. Um, but obviously, once we have the station constructed, obviously development will, will naturally follow, yeah. um, especially when see the amount of demand that will be increased, obviously, by this this key interchange with, with the Irish rail system in, in this location. Sure. And that plaza area, is that that's accessible mainly from Townsend Street and from Tara Street? From both, ta- both. Townsend and, and Tara Street, you'll, you'll have access to it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah and, and coming off the keys as well, you, you, you can now access as well. Okay. So it's... Um, so from all 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 sides, all, all all sides, sides of that block, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and of course, really important interchange with with the Dart and, like you say, the Critical other interchange. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so from Tower Street, then we're again we're heading down further south, uh, and we're into Stevens Green. Now we're located at the northeastern side of, of Stevens Green, mm-hmm. uh, up around currently where the. Um, sure if many of your, your listeners are, are aware of around that side, but there's an effectively a, a plaza area there already. 
Uh, there's a family memorial, and I think there's a Wolfstone Memorial as yeah. well in that location. So we're, we're effectively going to be using that location and that spot to construct the station. And obviously, there's, there's you know, obviously a lot, of, a lot of concerns wherever you're impacting on, on, on national, national monuments. Monument. Yeah, yeah. Effectively, as important as, as Stevens Green, especially. Yeah. Um, but we believe we, we have the right mix of a location to mm-hmm. be able to minimise as much as possible the impact on the park and minimise the amount of impact that we would have on the surrounding roads as well, which are our key um, you know, key um, routes for public transport, for buses, for, yeah. for cars, etc. So a bit of a balancing act there, but um, for sure, yeah. it'll be, um, I think once, once the station has been established and operated, you know, it'll, it'll effectively meld into the, the sort of surrounding area. Yeah, and that corner is, is set back anyway with the Wolftone Monument kind of uh, curving around on the corner of the, That's right. the gate. Yeah. Um, so the kind of, uh, I suppose the, the scale of the plaza there will be more or less similar to what's what's there at present in terms of your the forecourt to your, excuse me, <coughs> Metrolink station will be similar in feel. Um, to what's there at the moment. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think the only difference is you're making that use of that space now as the, the sort of the plaza entrance to the uh, to the station, as yeah. well, obviously, as providing that that route station into the actual and all of that. Yeah, yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then leaving St. Stephen's Green again. Finally, we're, we're heading further south, um, down towards uh, Charlemont, mm-hmm. um, where we currently, obviously, we have our, our Green Line Lewis running. Uh, the embankment around that area, we have the, the Charlemagne Lewis stop there, um, and our station will effectively be located uh, roughly where the the current Carl's building uh, is located. There's yeah. a new development that's currently being constructed around the Carl's building and in, in just behind it. Yeah, and our station will effectively be located within the grounds of, of that that development with an entrance just off uh, Grand Canal um, Street, well. facing onto the facing onto the canal. That's it exactly. So that, yeah. 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 So, um, so Charlemagne is effectively the current terminus for the, the station. Obviously, mm-hmm. there may be potentially um, plans in the future to 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 extend, but nothing has been decided as yet. Yeah. So, um, but our Charlemagne obviously offers a, an easy interchange then to to the Lewis Green Line services heading down towards Sandyford. Yeah, uh, we have a, a stairs and a lift that'll allow for people passengers coming out of the Charlemagne station to access the higher up uh, Charlemagne uh, Lewis station Lewis stop that's located. There, so. Yeah, so you come out of the Metrolink station and um, just walk to where the current um, entrance to the Lewis Green Line is now and take a lift up our That's stairs right. or whatever up to the Green Line. That's it, yeah, yeah. That was a fantastic and very comprehensive um, <laughs> description from north to south. It's a huge project and so many different elements and, um, you know, uh, but uh, that was a, a great description of it. Um, and I suppose in many people's minds, you know, when they think of Metrolink, they think this is a high-speed link to the airport. You know, that's the kind of primary objective. But there are loads of other objectives with this project. And maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and, and what, what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's absolutely correct. I mean, it will provide a, a high-speed, high-capacity link to the airport. Um, but yeah, as you say, that's only one of, a, of many uh, different um, sort of outcomes and objectives that we have for for this project and what this project will actually deliver ultimately when it's in, in operation. Yeah. Um, I mean, Metrolink itself, I mean, it's, it's effectively, it's the single biggest investment um, in transport infrastructure in the history of the state. Um, you know, and, and ultimately it forms part of an overall integrated transport system, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, which effectively has been defined in, in various guidance documents to, for greater, you know, for the greater Dublin area. Yeah. Um, you know, 
And that also, that overall transport system also includes sort of systems that we've, we've touched on, such as Bus Connects, yeah. uh, the DAR Plus project, uh, and, and a number and of future other... future Lewis lines. Future Lewis lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. So yeah. you... And, fact, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and all of the uh, the kind of, I suppose, future kind of growth in, in swords and elsewhere, you know, the, the kind of residential expansion of Dublin well, as that's, well. That's it, yeah. I mean, I've, I've read some um, some statistics, I think, at the last census, I think in, in 2016, I, th- yeah. I think we've had one recently, or, or, but in 2016, uh, I think there was a, a growth in population growth in Dublin city as a whole of around 5.1%. Yeah. However, North Dublin uh, itself su- saw a growth of 8% within that sort of same time period. So you can see North Dublin is, is significantly growing. Swords is, I think it's now the second biggest town uh, in Ireland in terms of the, the level extent of growth that it's experiencing as well. So you have, you have the Swords area, you have North Dublin mm. uh, as well, which is, um, you know, not sig- very well served at the not, moment. Yeah, not very yeah. well serviced at the moment, and and you know requires something like Metrolink to be able to provide that level of connectivity, not just a north south connectivity, yeah, but a connectivity to all of these other sort of transport systems that are also going to be introduced or are being introduced at the moment. Yeah, uh, and that they work together. Exactly. So you know we've been very cognizant, I suppose, in the design of Metrolink to ensure that you know we, we do have these. Interchanges that can be made at that for put down part of the bus system, Lewis, uh, Dart Plus, uh, yeah. you know, et, et cetera. And so I suppose, yeah, it's important to say that it, because it's fully segregated as well and that it's high, high capacity, but also high frequency so that you can get that kind of, you know, constant running of trains that will be able to move volumes of people. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just to give you an indication, the, the Metrolink system is currently designed uh, sort of a, a peak capacity around 20,000 passengers per direction per hour. Um, if you compare that to, to say the Lewis Green Line, which obviously knows has been hugely successful yeah. and potentially oversubscribed in terms of the number of passengers in, in some peak periods, um, that system has been designed around sort of nine thousand passengers per direction per hour. So you can see it's a, it's a massive it's, it's uplift a big in, jump in how how many people in the level of capacity to yeah. move down that that sort of that spine corridor uh, all the way down from Swords down into the city centre. Yeah, so it's uh, brilliant. Let's kind of try zooming in a little bit now and, and we'll try and kind of paint a picture of a typical underground station. So, so these would be the stations that really are between um, the airport and Charlemont, all of those uh, tunneled stations. Mm-hmm. And I mean, while there are kind of differences depending on the context, there are kind of uh, similarities or kind of continuing themes and motifs and the basic layout of the uh, typical station doesn't change much from from stop to stop. So I thought that maybe if we just took St. Stephen's Green by way of example and imagine it's the early 2030s and Metrolink is up and running um, and imagine you're standing with your back to the Shelburne Hotel looking towards the stop. Maybe Peter if you could just describe you know, what's in front of you and how a person will move through the station to catch the train. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Yeah. So if you could imagine yourself with your back to the Sherbourne, you're looking over, I suppose, at the northeastern corner of, of the Stevens Green Park. And I think as we previously mentioned, um, there will be a, a, a plaza area, that, a plaza area that's currently there at the moment. That plaza will be effectively also acting as the plaza area in front of the, the station box. Yeah. So obviously the, the key sort of factor for designing these plazas is you, you, you have a bit of a balancing act between uh, ensuring that you have a wide open space that, that you know, provides a 
doesn't provide a constrained corridor to, to get into the station. Yeah. Um, but also trying to, to ensure that, that it's clear for those, especially those with uh, any sort of... Um, um, vision impairment or... Vision yeah, impairment yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or any sort of... Sort of disability Mobility. That, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. they're able to navigate and orientate themselves towards where the actual entrance is. Sure. Uh, without having to face a, a sea of clutter, yeah. uh, etc. So... That's going to be a key part of the design of force to ensure that we can maintain that, that clutter-free area for, for passengers to move through. So when you're looking in at the, the station, at Stevens Green Station itself, again, hopefully you should be able to very clearly orientate yourself through the plaza area yeah. to, to get to the entrance of the, the station. And the entrance station in common with all of the underground stations uh, is effectively a, a sort of a covered portal, yeah. uh, if you use those sort of words. Um, which provides a, a cover, a, a effectively a, a visual clue uh, indication as to where the actual entrance for the station is. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that point, then you you can effectively either use the the lift down at the um, which is in proximity and close by to the portal itself, yeah, or use the escalators or stairs to actually make it, make your way down into the the first level of the, the actual station. So once you're down into that first level of the station, I think the first thing you'll notice as you walk into the stations is a sense of space. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the key lessons that we've learned from a number of other projects that we've we've looked at over the over the many years that we've been working on this scheme um, is to is that sense of space. Yeah. That, that uh, effectively, if you feel like you're being constrained or you're 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 some way sort of. Um, Corralled, almost cl- almost corralled yeah, or, or yeah. Claustrophobic, claustrophobic feeling that I've had in a number of different stations that I've been in around the, in the world. You know, that, that sense of space as you go, especially as you go underground, is, yeah. is, is critically important. So the other critical important as well, which where we can achieve what we try, where we can't, we, we, uh, we try to use other ways to bring bring this into the station, but is with light. Yeah. Um, steam screen will we, have... Um, Skylights, yeah. effectively, we allow it to bring natural light as far down into the station as we can. The intention is to try and get it down as low as possible. So in the day, effectively, you're getting not lots of natural light into the actual station yeah. itself. So as you go down it, through down the station, down into the, the concourse level and down towards the, uh, the the mezzanine level, again, that hopefully that, that sense of light and that sense of space will provide a sort of a... Uh, you know, you, you won't be so claustrophobic For, or so exactly. Cl- and actually, closing. what's nice about the stations just from is that because you know they're they're not so deep underground almost. You know, you go to some London underground stations, some of the older ones particularly, and they're very far underground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas this is maybe it seems to me closer to maybe the Jubilee Line. You've got a sense from from the moment you enter the portal that there's a kind of a sense that you're not too far from the platform, you know, you almost know it's obvious you're just a kind of a, a level or two away. And that yeah. there's, you know, and like you say, the natural light is getting down. So you have that kind of um, logic and simplicity for navigating your way through the station. Yeah, That's it. And, and I think that that navigation piece, I think, is, is, is has been, I suppose, critical, I suppose, up to date in terms of how we've been trying to lay these stations out. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in some ways, obviously, we're trying to maintain as standard as possible in approach across the design of all of the stations. But mm-hmm. as you say, there, there are some stations where you unavoidably need to change make, things around, change things around yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But even for those stations, I mean, I think that some of the, the, the key design drivers really in terms of developing these stations has been to, to ensure that pastors, as soon as they enter the station, they have a consistent idea of how to get to where they need to go. Yeah. Um, and as I said, because we are a sort of a, a single board tunnel where the, the tracks are side by side, 
that would lead itself to the fact that as it enters the station, then you have a platform either side of those tracks. Yeah. So it's very important, obviously, in, in such a station to ensure that, that passengers, when they're using it, uh, passengers of all abilities uh, are able to fully understand where they need to get to within the station to access the, the direction they need to get to. Sure. Um, so that sort of clear sight lines as you're coming down the station to understand the, 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 the platforms and where they're located and, yeah. and what lo- what direction they're going in. Um but also, obviously, for, for those who are, say, visually impaired, for example, mm. who are maybe using a lift, for example, that, that needs to have that, that both the audible and, and the visual guides in terms of understanding clearly what they need to do to get to the station. Yeah. So the platform. Uh, yeah. That you'd have to potentially access. on a lift, you know, uh, mezzanine level, uh, a light here for, you know, and that, that once you get to the mezzanine, then you're making a decision uh, northbound, southbound, and you either go right or left. That's Straight it. down to the platform, is it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you either you can either stay on the that lift, particular lift that you're on, yeah. to get to one platform, or, or you will have to make a change, as you say, at the, at the mezzanine level, for example, to to get to the other lift to get down to the other yeah. platform. So, you know that to to be able to to have such a, a, a system in place, it, it's critical that you're able to clearly communicate to those people who are using that sure. where they need to go and what they need to do in order to, to complete their journey. Yeah, but a pretty, uh, you know, you're <clears throat> I think the navigation does work very well from, you know, knowing the drawings and the design and all of that, mm-hmm. that you do have that um, simple kind of progression, concourse, mezzanine platform. And it's, you know, like we were saying earlier, not, not too far underground and not too many long Mm-hmm. circuitous corridors or you know dead end spaces that you sometimes get in these systems so, that's yeah, it that's yeah. it and 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 honestly not not only as a, as a as a general design point i mean having that those clear sight lines not having any um corners or or you know having clear passive surveillance of of where you're actually needing to get to yeah um can be you know a hugely important part of the the traveling experience for 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 you know for many passengers to for them to feel safe and secure and to know that there aren't any sort of corners that people can congregate in or, or you know, uh, that that obviously is a critical sort of input in terms of yeah. developing designs for these stations as well. Definitely. So um, when you're on the platform, um, like what will a typical platform layout be? Will it, I mean, actually it's probably important to say that it's a driverless um system isn't it so yeah yeah, yeah. so so metrolink metrolink will be obviously ireland's first fully automated um rail system effectively yeah. metro system that, that we're putting in place um that sort of system while obviously there are plenty of, of other systems around the world that, that do have drivers that that use platform screen doors we will be using platform screen doors in our in our metro system uh, which right. is common with with many new systems that are put in place now yeah um so these are platform screen doors are effectively doors that that sit just at the edge of the platform mm-hmm. that provide complete separation for the passengers that are on the platform and the actual track itself and the tunnel environment and everything that happens the other side of the platform effectively yeah. um so what happens is when you have one of these automated trains pull up to the actual station it autom- automatically aligns itself with its doors aligned to the, the platform screen doors mm-hmm. and the two open effectively simultaneously down to to you know to effectively almost act as an air path or whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah. but i mean these, these um these doors are, are hugely um positive i think in terms of, of improving that overall sort of traveling experience mm. um, i know myself um being over in london for example on on the tube uh, being at one of those busy stations um 
you know, you're, you're holding onto your child with your, your knuckles white almost, you know, in, in terms of concern that they're going to potentially run out near the platform and tumble over or whatever, you know. Yeah. And just for, yeah, especially with the an automated system as well, you just have that kind of efficiency. The train pulls in at, at, at as fast a speed as it needs to. That's it. And yeah. the door is open, you know, um, efficiently and aligned and all that and it's, it seems to be working is it used in in the copenhagen metro as well that's yeah. right yeah copenhagen, yeah. copenhagen use them in, the, in their stations their underground stations um the, the recent elizabeth line that's opened in, in or opened in london, london also have well. them on the number yeah, stations yeah. as well so so try to test it try try it and test it but i mean the other, another key benefit uh, and i know this from personal experience as well is is especially where you have someone who's who can be um very sensitive to to noise and and that that vibration and rumble and yeah and, and you know the the air that would typically come out of a tunnel which is not always pleasant to get a blast off when, I when a train well comes from, in from London all <laughs> yeah. right yeah, yeah. so to, to to have a, a separation from from all of that the sort of the, the dirty end of things if you want to call it yeah in terms of and the wind tunnels and that wind you know, push that, that you get yeah yeah so it's it's a consistent experience no matter what station you're at mm-hmm. it's it's you know you you don't have that loud noises you don't have um that sort of loud disruption as a, as a train comes in. So it's a much more of a pleasurable uh, commuting experience yeah. you know, uh, rather than um, the, the noise and rumble, which you have to get used to in sure. other systems. And know. I suppose some of the feedback we've had through the user group is concern about, you know, misalignment of doors or getting caught between one and the other. Uh, but of course, you maybe be able to assure people that the technology has been tried and tested on big systems across yeah. many c- uh, cities uh, oh, across the world. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I, I know there has been cases where this sort of system has been sort of uh, retrofitted into existing metros, yeah. you know, existing systems. Uh, and, you know, in that scenario, you, you do sometimes have to make um, choices in terms of, you know, such as the distances between the, the doors, the gap yeah. that, that many are concerned about, obviously, naturally uh, concerned about when, when, you know, accessing these sort of systems. But I mean, again, the, one of the good things about having a, a greenfield project, a brand new project is yeah. you can spec and design and spec to ensure that, that those gaps are minimized gaps as are much as possible. Right down, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's, there's all sorts of other, um, you know, technical uh, solutions to ensuring that you, you don't get that misalignment because ultimately that's, you know, that's not where you want to be in terms of where the, the train is fully stopped and it's, should be always fully aligned with those doors. And, sure. Uh, yeah, so. And and just on the platforms, then, uh, so you've got the platform screens, mm-hmm. uh, screen doors. Uh, but generally speaking, what else will you have on the platforms um, in terms of furniture and like how how will? Um, well, I think the intention is to try and keep the stations as clutter free as possible. Yeah. To to only provide what we absolutely think we need to provide. So obviously, you're, you're going to have some level of of seating available. Um, you're going to have, uh, you know, screens, information screens, etc. Yeah. Um, but the key is to try and keep it as uncluttered as possible. So only what is necessary should be really on the platform level yeah. itself. Um, and to keep that consistent then across all of the, the stations and as far as possible. Um, so when people go down, they can they have a kind of an expectation that the, this is the pattern of furniture and this is generally where the help point is and this is usually where the seat. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Now, obviously, in some stations, it's not possible to have full coordination and consistency between them, for example, where the escalators are compared to, or the, you know, where the lifts are, there may be some call to, in some of those locations to, to have Change alternative slightly, locations. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the, the key point here is really to ensure that, that 
pastors can can find those uh, those facilities. Yeah. They're clearly signposted. They're clearly you know uh, set out and, and consistent in terms of how they're actually exactly and maybe judicious use of tactile paving to kind of guide towards the, the key uh, uh, you know exits or Absolutely. the or the help points or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know certainly easier than trying to get a consistent layout in the city centre where you've got uh, like on street where you've got shop fronts and. Uh, doorways and oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yes. at least with the uh, with the underground there's a little bit more flexibility to get that consistency in place yeah um okay so i mean that is a typical stephen's queen could be said to be a typical kind of underground uh stop and then you've got the open cut stops uh so i thought maybe swords probably represents a good example sword central is it um sword central, central yeah, yeah. yeah that probably represents a pretty typical open cut uh, station so how will how will that look and feel and how will people navigate through it yeah um i suppose to, to give you a feel of the station uh, maybe i need to especially for these sort of uh, minus one level stations give you a feel of the sort of surrounding uh, surrounding area as well um currently the the r122 road that that runs just in the outskirts of of swords um, swords town yeah um, it's effectively a, almost a, it's a dual carriageway. It's an eighty kilometer an hour dual carriageway road, effectively. Yeah. Um, there's there's no um, the only way to, to be able to get from one side to the other is, is to use a series of footbridges that are currently located along that road to, mm-hmm. to be able to provide access to one side or the other, uh, which obviously doesn't lend itself to any any accessibility really in terms of being able to uh, to to get to either side of of, of this busy carriageway. Yeah. Um, so. We are working, uh, the station that we will be locating on Sword Central uh, will be done in the context of the fact that the R132 road will be f- will be effectively upgraded um, to become much more of an urbanised street uh, rather than the dual carriageway effectively as it is now at the moment. So there are plans to reduce the speed of that road to 50 kilometres an hour mm-hmm. uh, and to provide aqueduct crossings rather than having fo- footbridges or any sort of a Structure Great that needs to be navigated kind of, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this uh, the accurate crossings then will obviously provide a much more of a, an easy access and accessibility in terms of getting from the swords side of the R one two over to the other side, the the um, eastern side, which is where the station will be located. Yeah. Um, so as you cross over the R one two, if you can imagine crossing that to, at that accurate crossing to to get over to the where the station is. You'll notice, obviously, that there is, again, similar with many of our stations, there's a sort of a plaza area in front of the actual station itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice there's, there's bike parking facilities, uh, especially at the, the minus one level stations of the north end. Um, there's a significant amount of bike parking which we provided. Um, so for, will that be a combination of covered bike um, buildings or structures and then yeah. surface hoops and the kind of ones we're, we're used to. Exactly. It'll be, it'll be a combination of both. Um, obviously, we're, we're aiming to try and, and provide as, as high spec as possible in terms of the, you know, the, the covered um, uh, storage and, and parking facilities for, for cycles. Yeah. Um, but I think that the key key thing that we need to obviously ensure is obviously that we have the space for cyclists to park their bikes and to, to you know, to use this uh, change mode of, of transport to, to use Metrolink. Um, but it's also critical to ensure that we lay it out in such a way that we can segregate from cyclists using the facilities and, and traveling to the station and parking their bike 
and and those pedestrians um, who were using the the footpaths, for example, to get into the stations. Yeah. Uh, and I know obviously there's been a bit of back and forth, I suppose, in terms of concerns about. And it's everywhere, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the shared spaces. shared spaces. And I suppose and particularly, yeah, now that you've got e-scooters and faster bikes and, and everything, that there's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, the aim is to try and ensure that the final design fully, as much as, as much as possible, and obviously you can't account for, for, uh, for, for human nature, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. but to try and, and, and to push the cyclists and, and all of the sort of traffic away from pedestrians to keep, you know, to provide at least that level kind of confidence. Clear and safe paths where exactly. possible. Yeah, yeah and using exactly. kind of landscape features or whatever. That's yeah. it. And and that that will that'll um, form a large part, I suppose, of the, the sort of plaza area in front of these stations to be landscaping interventions to both obviously to act as an aesthetic, yeah. um, but also to, to, to act be functional in terms of you know providing a direction or, or preventing from uh, you know pedestrians and cyclists from from you know mixing, especially Clashing, as you're entering into that station yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, as you were approaching the front of the station, again, you're, you're effectively you're, you're starting to see a lot of the same features that you would when you look at the station from the city centre. The key difference here, obviously, we're at a minus one level station. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a closed box, effectively, like a, a station box. Uh, effectively, the, the, the top of the box has been taken off. Yeah. Uh, and instead, what we have is a canopy that runs from the front of the, the, the station, covering a part of the, the plaza area, uh, all the way to the to the back of the actual uh, station itself, uh, so we have a complete cover there to provide for environmental protection. From, but if, from if you were to it. look over the side walls, if they were, if, if it was possible, I don't know how they are, how high they are, but if you were, you'd be able to kind of see down onto the platform below. You, you'd be able to theory. see exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, we'll have glazing, obviously, protecting and stopping from anyone from accidentally looking too close <laughs> into the yeah, station yeah, yeah. box. But it's uh, yeah, absolutely. So you're, uh, it's a slightly different from the underground stations in that you have two lifts yep. uh, with the option to use either lift to, to go down the single single story effectively to get yeah. down to your, your, your chosen platform or, or use the stairs or escalators to, to get down into the, um, into, the, uh, into the mezzanine and then make your choice as to where, which direction you want to go down. In. So from street level, if you, if you, if you want to go outbound or, or southbound, I suppose is what, how we describe it, um, yeah. You know, you might go uh, to the left side as you're facing. That's the it. Yeah. And if you want to go northbound, you go to the right-hand lift. Yeah. And the lifts bring you straight down to the platforms. But there's a little. Is there a mezzanine for the? Um, um, no, no. Typically, you 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 going straight down to to, to the, the actual, actual station. station yeah. yeah. To yeah. the actual platform level. The platform, from yeah. from from ground level, effectively. Yeah. Uh, so it's um, it's it's. It, it's much easier, I suppose. It's a very simple approach, I suppose, in terms of you just need to pick your right lift to go to whatever your right direction that you're actually wanting to travel in. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, clear signage is going to yeah. be critical. Uh, the use of tactile is going to be absolutely critical. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of these things that, that need to get right to ensure that everyone can access the system. Yeah. Um, to ensure that that level of consistency across all of the stations then as well, you know. But again, they're quite, I think, quite clearly laid out in their fundamental form and that there is a kind of a consistent, you know, a forecourt, um, you know, similar architecture, language, and then, you know, pretty, um, you know, as, as far as possible, pretty simple um, navigation. So That's it. hopefully, hopefully that'll work then in combination with whatever signage is needed, like you say. Absolutely. And that's yeah. great. And, and there are glass 
uh, screen doors on the platforms there as well, obviously. And again, the kind of whatever uh, platform furniture is in the covered ones will, will continue through. And again, same same language, same layout as far as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, as I said, the key the key is to try and ensure that the platforms are consistent as possible. So. Whether you're a first-time user or you know a, a, a grizzled veteran of yeah, using yeah, yeah. at that stage, uh, you, you know you'll have a clear understanding of what to expect when you get off at the next stop, um, and you know the, the layouts, etc. Which obviously for for those who are visually impaired is, is very critical to be able to clearly know where they are. I suppose at, at any point in time. Very good. And so, Peter, I know that you've attended many of the the user group meetings where we have the kind of uh, stakeholder engagement with people with disabilities, and they. Uh, how that works is that we um, give updates on projects, um, uh, and we we get feedback then on how it, what it's like to use it on the ground. Um, and we've had several Metrolink meetings which you've presented at and attended and everything. So you're very familiar with some of the um, concerns and feedback that we've been getting. So maybe I thought if we maybe touch on some of those uh, and like the concerns vary depending on the nature of the disabilities. So. I think looking at maybe people who use wheelchairs or who have mobility issues, a big concern would be the capacity and the reliability of lifts. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what kind of um, measures does Metrolink need to take to address those? Yeah, I mean, the, the, from the discussions that we've had, I think we've touched on a number of the other concerns that yeah. have been raised. At the user shared groups. space. The shared and, spaces, yeah. for example. Um, you know the, the application of tactile. Yeah. Uh, you know all, all of these 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 things that absolutely need to be considered. One, the biggest ones that came on from discussions and you touched on it is in terms of wheelchair users and access to the stations. Yeah. So the the current arrangement for the underground stations is that we have a, a single lift at the surface, mm-hmm. which will either bring you down to one of the platforms directly, mm. or you'll need to make a, a change at the at the mezzanine level to to access another lift on the other side to get down to the correct the other platform. If you're going in the other direction, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously the concern is ultimately if that's that lift to the surface is is out of action, then if you're someone who, who who's in the wheelchair and needs, needs the lift it, yeah. access, then effectively that station has been effectively put in out of action for you really. yeah um and obviously that's 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 a huge concern um but it, i think it will absolutely be critical to mm. ensure that when we actually have an operator engaged um, that we have the strongest possible um, provisions in place to ensure that those lifts are considered to be um absolute critical system for yeah. the actual overall workings of the station so n- no different than a platform screen door if a platform screen door isn't working then that station is effectively, um, you know, it's it's potentially not safe to use. Yeah. If we don't have a, a lift that, that can bring those uh, those passengers down into the actual station, then that that would be, you know, in my mind, a similar yeah. a similar level of urgency required. Critical urgency and no complacency. Absolutely. And there's yeah. a team out to fix it straight away or to... That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are emergency lifts if need be. If there is, if there were ever a serious emergency, there are... We, we do have, a, there is a, se- a separate set of lifts um, that have been normally designed for Dublin Fire Brigade to access in the event of an emergency or, or an issue. Yeah. So, but again, if... if, if Needs be, um, and obviously this is something that we need to tease out as we, as we work in more detail, I suppose, on the scheme and develop our specifications and requirements. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is potential there, obviously, in, in the case that we need to get people in or out of the station to use that emergency lift as well. Yeah. Uh, especially for those who are uh, within a wheelchair or otherwise, um, you know, um, physically unable to, to, to bring themselves up the stairs or escalators to, yeah. to, to get out of the station. Sure. And, but I mean, oh, 
I, I guess from a day-to-day operations, it's the kind of highest spec, best customer service and all of that, that the, the lifts are, are, like you say, considered a critical part of the infrastructure at every station. That's it, that's yeah. it. And, and I know at, at many of those those user group meetings, you know, the, the fact that this will be an automated service uh, did raise some suppose, questions or concerns about, you know, well, what about staff yeah. know, effectively? Or are we just taking staff out of the system effectively just to try and save money effectively? You know? yeah. So, But I mean, ultimately, it's it's the opposite to that, really. Um, I mean, by providing a, an automated system such as as in use in, in nearly all new metro lines that are constructed nowadays, mm-hmm. um, it allows you to actually focus more on the customer. Customer service side of it. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you, you, rather than taking people out of the system, you're effectively using people more productively towards, you know, helping the passengers, helping uh, our general customers, as well as in terms of their day-to-day commuting. So you uh, will have, you will have um, the customer service officers, I suppose is how you describe them, kind of going on board the vehicles and roving from station to station. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll have teams that are, will manage, will we'll be roving through the stations, through the system. Um, we'll have defined um, sort of response times yeah. for those teams to, to get to a particular situations or to provide assistance. Um, so, you know, a- absolutely, it's there's a lot of work to be done to try and get the, the black and white down on paper, as well as in terms of getting these specifications finalised. Yeah. But I think that's where the user group will, will be, you know, hugely beneficial to, to be able to engage with them and to, to, you know, to further on our specifications and requirements before we ultimately put it out to the market to, yeah, to deliver yeah. the system ultimately. For sure. And and just some of the other issues that have come up, um, I know that, you know, set down um, and access, I suppose, whether that's, whether you're interchanging by bus or whether you're being dropped off by somebody. Now it's probably not that easy in the city centre to be able to set aside um, space for, you know, immediate set down um, parking yeah. spaces or whatever. But I suppose, is it fair to say that it's at least been it's been considered where possible and and will be included where possible. Oh yeah, I mean you know we're we're looking to provide these you know where where we can where we can yeah uh, and those obviously have been set out now in the design that's that's gone for for a railway order. Um, but I mean you're 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 hundred percent right. It's it's not always easy to actually find a, one of these uh, set down locations. You know especially when you're city centre in terms of density and and. Uh, you know the, the use of existing space there. It's, it can be often very difficult to to get anywhere really that's that's close enough to the station to actually you know constitute a set down area to, yeah, to, to yeah. get down. So, but where possible, absolutely, it's an uh, intention to to provide those um, wherever we can. Really. And the changing places that was a con- an important policy document uh, again. Um, what what can MetroLink do there? Um, Originally, we weren't intending to provide any any toilets, and again, we're talking we're going back to 2015 here, 2016. Yeah. Um, but you're right; the environment has, has changed so quickly over that 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 five six years uh, in terms of you know what what constitutes um, you know the facilities that that absolutely should be provided, um, mm-hmm. and, and and these changing places facilities, I think, is obviously um, something that that. You know, all of the, the city councils are now starting to, to buy into. I know Dublin City Council are introducing a number of these as well yeah. on a rolling basis effectively across the city. So currently we're proposing and um, we've built it into the designs as it is at the moment to provide these changing spaces facilities um, at the, the main interchange stations. And that's obviously Tara Street, um, Glasnevin, um, the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also at the park and ride as well, potentially. Okay. So we'll, we'll have these 
changing spaces. Um, at these key interchanges. At these key interchanges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which um, hopefully, and, and I suppose when you consider to get from the estuary, from the very north of the line down to the city centre, you're talking maybe 25, 26 minutes. Right. So we're hoping that, you know, by providing these four or five or six changing facilities along the line. At intermittent spaces, at intermittent that it'll, spaces. it'll co- give you good coverage across the Exactly, exactly, yeah. And uh, in terms of ticketing then, just are there ticket barriers or is it a completely open system? Or it's, how- it's currently proposed to be a, a completely open system, similar to Lewis, where you effectively can just walk up to the platform and get on the train. And you yeah. validate your leap card or whatever you do. Exactly, yeah. 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 Or buy, yeah. Your, buy your ticket from... Uh, Ticket, well, if we're talking the 2030s, maybe yeah, they might be <laughs> gone. But well, uh, I know that the NTA have a, have a new next generation ticketing uh, sort of uh, arrangement that's going to be in place, which you know will 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 work with the NTA obviously to to provide whatever, si- whatever. facilities are, are needed there. But you're yeah. right. I mean, I think it's it's moving closer to just a sort of a, a tag on tag off, validate your journey effectively, yeah. uh, sort of approach rather than having to to handle change and, and cash, cash and, and, and go sort. through the barriers and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The project was submitted to Onboard Plan All in, in September 2022, just right. a couple of months ago, um, as part of the railway order process. And the observation period is closed, but I suppose it's important to say, and you kind of touched on it there, Peter, that, um, you know, there's a huge level of engagement still to happen, really. It's, uh, yeah. you know, the process is really only only beginning. Maybe if you wanted to describe the future process in terms of engagement with the Metrolink team and how that's planned to work. Yeah, absolutely, Sarah. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we've submitted now our application to onboard Panola uh, back in September, uh, which feels like a lifetime ago now, been mar- nearly March yeah. uh, 23. Um, so effectively that, that sort of line in the sand has been drawn in terms of our planning designs. Mm. The planning design, the level of design we've got to at the moment is is really the, the starting point, effectively. Yeah. Um, there is a, um, a significant amount of work to be done over the next coming years. Um, more immediately, the next stage is to develop the tender designs uh, and the tender specifications and requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be a, a critical process in terms of ensuring that those requirements and specifications capture everything um, that we need to include to, to actually end up in the actual final system that's going to be built. Yeah. So we would hope to work very, very closely with the user group from, you know, for the next, in this next stage yeah. to get those requirements set in stone and get agreement uh, across the table, I suppose, in terms of what we're actually proposing to put into this. And the rolling stock alone uh, is going to be a significant a piece of work. Kind of, yeah, 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 absolutely. Let alone the, the rest of the infrastructure. The buildings themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And of course, yeah, and yeah. One, something that comes up very often is that, you know, while the streets are being dug up and there are diversions and people who might be used to walking down a certain street, suddenly it's closed or they have to walk around hoarding or their yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, normal route is significantly disrupted. So um, that'll be another kind of focused um, yeah, piece of work as well, just to make sure that all of the contractors who are on site have really good awareness of, I suppose, the vulnerabilities of people with disabilities on the street. Um, but also, as you say, uh, during that construction phase, to obviously keep keep on top and ensure that the contractors, you know, meet their obligations and requirements in terms of maintaining accessibility and maintaining yeah. access routes around the the city effectively as as they dig it up. Yeah, I think 
the only difference this time around is maybe compared to Lewis projects is at least we're, we're very much contained in certain areas. Yeah. Whereas obviously with Lewis, you have a potential to, to hold it. streets that are effectively taken up. With, yeah, uh, I mean, that's amazing, really, because you imagine with a project of this scale that it'll be, you know, huge kind of chasm, chasms in the ground or whatever. Yeah, ch- huge yeah, amount, yeah. But, but so is that the, the idea that the tunnel boring is, is a, a kind of a neater incision and it's slightly easier to, That's it, to manage? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the work in terms of the route will take place below the ground without impacting anyone. So, That's you know, it's, amazing, it's, um, yeah. from that perspective, you know, it's a, it's a positive. But regardless, you're still talking about major interventions at certain points in yeah. the city that need to be managed. And know? the station boxes themselves, they are... That you, those that ground will be opened up and covered over. So it's, uh, or, uh, and then the sections in between are, it's tunnel boring and That's all right. underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll so. be able to keep going, and then as though nothing <laughs> is happening underground, and then it all all will be revealed. That's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Um, and just I, I, should we mention the the teams? I suppose a lot of work has gone in from Grimshaw Architects and from. Jacobs and all the partners, and, and indeed from TII themselves, the in, in-house worker bees. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been, I mean, there's a significant amount of work from across the board, from all of our suppliers, obviously, from, you know, from not only the metering team in TII, but, I mean, across the board in TII, I think we've had input from, of course, from all the departments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, so uh, really, it's, I suppose it's, it's one of these projects that, that effectively, given the scale of it, it's unavoidable. You, we need to get everyone's assistance and, and to try and, and pull through. Pull so. on everyone's resources, yeah. Exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a great project for the city. Um, it'll be a great project for, for TI, but um, hopefully it'll be a great project for the passengers, effectively, as the yeah. ultimate beneficial at the end of the day. Absolutely. And actually, what just struck me there is just in terms of ongoing communication, we're looking as well uh, at, at uh, a whole series of models, you know, for, again, people to get a sense of those, uh, the underground stations, the open cut stations, uh, models, tactile maps, all of that kind of thing. Just Absolutely. And I think we're definitely the, the beneficiaries of the fact that, you know, across, across the water in the UK, they've just finished the, the Elizabeth line. Um, they're, they're in the process, obviously, delivering HS2 at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we have a huge amount of, of resources and lessons learned that we can we can build from from these very recent projects. Yeah. Uh, and one of them, obviously, in Crossrail was, for example, having a, a sort of a mock-up of a platform area, right, which allows people to come in early and get a f- sense of space and, and, you know, understanding how eventually the final product will actually look effectively. Yeah. Uh, which, which obviously is, is hugely helpful when you're you're engaging with stakeholders such as the user groups. Yeah, particularly when you get down to the kind of nitty gritty, and there's a question of, you know, this scope to change things, move things around, get it right. That's you right. know, yeah, That's it. yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Peter Bennett, thank you very, very much for coming in and talking to all aboard TII's Accessibility um, Podcast about um, Metrolink. Thanks very much, Sarah. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our conversations on disability and design and gained some insight into the role we can all play in ensuring public transport is truly for everyone. Thank you to our host, Sarah O'Donnell, to Trevor Cudden on sound, to the production team, Kathleen Jacobi, Rachel Cahill and Claire Scott, to Sinead Foley from TU Dublin, who designed our fantastic graphics and to everyone else who helped make this podcast. 
Please send us your comments and feedback to allaboard at tii.ie. And for more episodes from All Aboard, please go to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. <laughs>